when Satan used someone or a circumstance to say something different, Jesus recognized it as a lie. If you don't know the truth, That's true. then you don't recognize the lie. That's true. But when you begin to really put the Word of God in and you begin to present yourself to Jesus for Him to remove the stuff out of you that is based on falsehood, then you begin to recognize the truth and you recognize the lie. When our adversary, the devil, attacks, respond only with the Word of God. Today, Gloria and Kelly Copeland reveal how to have total reliance on Jesus and seek Him for guidance. Next, on the Believer's Voice of Victory. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. Kelly's here today. She's going to be teaching us from God's Word on... We started... Monday with Mark 11, and we're still there, but we're about to uh, we're about to move on. But I, we read well, it. Well, you can't overdo Mark 11. <laughs> you got that's just true. It's it's always everything good. Everything depends on Mark 11. This is true. Um, After so, you get born again, it's Mark 11. Mark 11, and one of the big things it, I've just seen is how Jesus was exposing to them how he walks in faith. That's right. He wasn't just saying to them have faith in God. I think what he's also showing them is how they could have faith in what he says. Have faith in God. If he's saying it, that really means have faith in me. You know, he had faith in the Father. So what the Father said, he does. Father John said him. 5, 30, yep. John 5. There's another place in John 5 where it says... I don't do anything of my own. I don't right. say anything I of my own. Do I don't what start I anything of my own. I just do what he tells me to do. I pass the judgments he tells me to pass. What's he talking about? Well, he passed judgment here with the marketplace because he saw something going on in the temple and he passed the judgment based on the word. The father says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Well, then that's what it is. Right. It shouldn't be called a marketplace. It shouldn't be called a den of thieves. It's a house of prayer. So Jesus goes in, he speaks that and makes it so. <laughs> Amen. And so he wants us to act the same way. And so Peter's shocked that this tree is withered up. But Jesus says, have faith in God. Or you, you could say that Jesus says, I have faith in God. That's why it worked. I have faith in God. I do what he tells me to do, and I say what he tells me to say. I can say to the mountain, be thou removed, and it'll obey me because I don't have any doubt in my heart. So before we move on, Mom, I wanted to just bring out a couple of things here about faith and about doubt. Okay. So uh, he says, have faith in God. Well, let me tell you what the the meaning of that word faith is, and I got this, I have this wonderful spirit-filled life Bible. I've got it in the uh, King James and the New Living. It's awesome if you don't have one. It's a great study Bible because it's got the Greek definitions in places. So the word faith says conviction, confidence. Jesus had total confidence in the Father. 
He didn't question him. He didn't wonder if the father knew what he was talking about. He knew. The father made this whole thing. The father has a plan. So if he tells me to say something or do something, it's going to bring about the father's good plan. Yeah, which is good always. And, and you know, the good thing for us is Jesus has told us to behave the same way and we don't have to figure everything out. In fact, when we start trying to figure things out too hard, we mess it up. <laughs> so Jesus says, have faith in God. Conviction, have confidence, have trust, have belief, have reliance in God, have total reliance. Well, we're going to read today or tomorrow in John 6 about having total reliance on Jesus. He is the one we are need to rely on. He relies on the Father. He says in the book of John, he begins to tell the disciples, I take from the Father Only do and I give I it to the, the Holy Father. Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives it to you. So everything the Holy Spirit is delivering to us came from Jesus and everything that comes to Jesus came from the Father. And, when, and actually, when Jesus was on the earth, he operated the same way as we have to operate, is that the Father gave it to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gave it to him. He would say it and give it to us. But now he gives it, he takes it from the Father, he gives it to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit says it to us. But I think that the gap is closing because his presence is filling the earth. And we're beginning, he's beginning to allow us, his body, to know himself. He's opening our eyes to himself. He's saying, look at me, look at me. I am your source. I'll tell you what to say. I'll tell you what to do. And of course, the Holy Spirit is still bringing the activity into place, bringing his words to us. But Jesus's presence is very close to us right now. And he's filling the earth up, mom, with his presence. And he's removing all the things that are, that are keeping his presence from filling up our lives. He's moving those out. He's pushing those out. He's just like he did in the temple that day. He's turning over the tables of stuff in our lives that does not belong, of stuff in our lives that does not look like the Father's Word says it should look. And we just need to get in on that with Him. So we have confidence and reliance on Him. He's trustworthy. We need to be persuaded. Um, this faith, it, the Spirit-filled life says, is divinely implanted in us. It's the principle of inward confidence, trust, and reliance in God and all he says. So it's not an outward thing that we have, faith. We don't go get it. If you've been born again, it's been planted in your heart. We just need to dip, pull it out. Develop it. Develop it. And you read it to between our, our shows the other day. You, you read it and you said a wise man is like a like a can draw out of a deep well Amen. what he needs. And we are, faith is on the inside of us. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and one version says he's the initiator. He initiated faith in us in the first place. He brought it with him when he came into our life. He brought faith with us. Doesn't it say that he's the beginning and the finisher of our faith? He's the, the, the King James says the author and the finisher. Yeah. 
One version says he's the initiator and the developer. So he initiates faith and develops it. So faith in the Word is turning it over to Jesus. To yes. Do what he says. Exactly. Hallelujah. We don't have like to come it. up with all this stuff. We work way too hard. In fact, Jesus said in his Word. He's done all the work. He said, come to me if you're weary, you're tired, and you're heavy laden. I don't want you heavy laden. If you'll come to me, he says, learn of me. And I'll give you rest. Yeah, he said, I'll give you rest, but we have to learn of him. True too. We have to learn of him. He said, I am meek and lowly. What did he mean? He's this way with his father. With his father, it's whatever you say goes, sir. That's right. And if we can become like that, then we can rest in Jesus. See, Jesus rested in the father and we can rest in Jesus's words. Praise when we God. just allow faith in his words, and we allow our lives to go the way he says to go. We take what he says and say, I believe that. I agree with that. We don't argue with it. We don't try to go another right. way. We don't listen. Here's one thing. I, Jesus was brilliant at mom. He never listened when something came at him to go another way. Today, I want to look at some of that. Oh, he knew better. He did. He did. And let's look at Matthew 16. <clears throat> um, you know, the, the enemy was always challenging Jesus to show a sign. You prove. And you know, well, for instance, um, we won't turn there today, but for instance, when uh, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness... And it said, Satan said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself off. If you're the son of God, tell those stone to be turned into bread. He was, he was tempting Jesus at his weak place because he was hungry. He was tempting Jesus at his weak place because God, he knew these things about himself but he had not really had a sign from heaven or a voice from heaven that we read of yet when he went in yeah. the wilderness. But didn't he come out of the wilderness and, and God said about him, this is my beloved son. But yes. Satan was tempting it in his sure. weak place. He passed the test. He passed the test and he passed it by saying it is written. He passed it by bringing the word. You know, really, well, when you think about it, if we're going to grow up in Him, we have to pass the test. We do. And believe what's in the written Word and take it, God talking to me. That, that's passing the test. Well, I think people think you're not supposed to have a test. That's, you know, the Bible... Well, I don't know how God you... God doesn't send a test, but you cannot live on this planet without being faced with stuff in this world. That's right. Because we live here. But you know what? Can I just say, let's just stop being wimps. Stop running from any kind of challenge. People want, I want my life to be smooth. I don't want any challenges for my kids. I think it's tempting to save our kids. Think we have to save, God, you're not saving my kid from this challenge. I better get in and do it. You better you teach know what? those kids something. You need, to hope, you need to have taught them and you need to let the Lord take over and teach them because when trouble comes to your kid's household, it's Jesus who's the deliverer. He never said we wouldn't have temptations or tests 
or things in this earth. And it's up to us to teach our children, raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And when they're old, what will happen? They won't depart from it. That's what the scripture says. And they need to see you face temptation with with the word in your mouth and the Bible in your hand and his words in your mouth. Doing what? Pushing out the money changers, pushing out the alternative source, pushing out the alternative voice and pulling in to your heart what God says. That's good. And when Jesus did that, he showed us a good pattern. The other day I was thinking about that and I thought, you know, kind of I hadn't thought as deeply into it as I did the other day. And I thought, well, Satan tempted him. So he responded with the word. And that's true. Mm-hmm. It is written. But it wasn't just that Satan was telling him to say those things that he responded with God's word, it is written. It was that what Satan wanted him to do was not what his father said to do. That's right. So that, you may think, I don't understand that that, uh, point. You know, when voices come to us, it may be, be not a bad thing to do, but you need to resist those voices because it's not, if it's not what Jesus said to do. If it's not what his father said to do, Jesus had none of it. Think about he it. He said, no, my that, father says this. In the light of that, think about how blessed we are to have the written word of God. Oh, my goodness. The written, anointed word of God. So that we can look at it and see what he says and take it. Or some people won't take it and they don't believe it. So they ignore it and they go on and live life their own way. And then you have to eat the, what the Bible calls the fruit, the fruit of, your, of own your own way. way. I like to eat the fruit of his of way. Of his way. Amen. And when we know what he says, then Satan can't trick us. But when you don't know what his word says about you, then other voices can come at you. And Satan loves to convince you that it's God saying those things to you. Satan would love to convince you, know, you that it's God putting sickness on you just to teach you something and you're going to come out better because of it. You know, the grace of God will make you come out better out of a sickness than you went into it because that's his grace. But it's a lie of the devil for you to think that God put that on you. He says in his word that he doesn't do that. So that's how you know better. That's how you know. It's in the written word. So you push out the But if you don't know what's in the written word, you haven't spent any time there, you don't know. No. So you're kind of out there left to do the best you can do because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If you hadn't heard the word, you can't have faith. And you can't have faith. uh, You can't have the faith in God for something he didn't say. That's right. And... And that's what Jesus resisted. It wasn't God telling him, you know, God could have told him, turn that stone into bread. He could have done it. He turned a loaf, two loaves and fish into a banquet, a banquet for (laughs) 15, 20,000 people. He could do it, but he wouldn't because it's not what God said. Not just because it was the devil saying it. And sometimes, I mean, let's look here in, um, in Matthew, uh, Matthew seven, uh, 16, let's look at verse 21. Um, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly 
that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem. You know, if you ever wondered if they should have been more in, <laughs> more in tune with what was going on when he went into Jerusalem, when they were in the garden, when they were uh, in communion, when he was washing their feet, they should totally have been more on top of the plan because it says here, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, that he would suffer for many terrible, suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed. That's a big detail they seem to have missed. I don't miss that. But on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. They missed that one too. He began to, it says plainly, but they weren't listening. And the reason they weren't listening is because they were listening to something else. They were listening to their flesh. They were listening to the voice of the enemy trying to bring temptation to Jesus to do something different. And it says here, but Peter, say, but Peter, <laughs> I love Peter. Peter, he had a lot of nerve. You know, took, I, go, ahead. go ahead, mom. I never thought about it before, but uh, you could preach a sermon on the war of faith. Yeah. Are you going to believe what it looks like out here? Or are you going to believe what the word says? Are you going to go the easy route? The seemingly easy route is not the Take best route. Are yeah. you going to resist the devil and he'll flee from you? That's really the choice. Well, what we see here is Jesus doing that very thing. Only the devil looked like Peter in this instance. You know, Jesus wasn't calling the de Peter the devil. No, he was a voice. But his voice, like the voice of the fig tree, yeah. said something to Jesus and Jesus answered back. That's what the Bible says. It says that answer the, he answered, he answered the, fig the fig tree. tree. And so Jesus, or Peter said something to Jesus, which was actually a temptation to him. And what did he do? He answered back. And that's so, what we have to learn to do where faith and words concerned. We have to answer unbelief back or, or go the way of unbelief, which will bring us defeat. So we answer the word. We answer the lies of the devil with the word of God. Yes. He says, you're, you know, you get a report, you're, you've got this terminal disease and you're going to die in six months. That's when you need to step up and say, oh, I'm on the Word of God. See, you need to be there before that happens. That's, that's the key to leaving, living in the blessing, well, is do it because the Word says it. And then if sickness and disease tries to come on you, you already know the Bible says, He bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases, and by His stripes I was healed. So we was healed. We was. Amen. You know, I have a recommendation if you're in a place where you said, well, it's too late. Miss Gloria, I've already been diagnosed and I can't say that I have all that in me. Well, Get grab busy. a friend. Get you know, the, phone a friend, phone a friend who is in the Word or phone KCM. That's, you what, know, uh, that's why we're here. That's what CDs and DVDs exactly. are for. Exactly. And then go to school. Yeah. You know, these guys had Get been a good with Jesus. church that preaches the Word of God. And because Jesus knew who he was from the scriptures, when Satan used someone or a circumstance to say something different, Jesus recognized it as a lie. If you don't know the truth, That's true. then you don't recognize the lie. That's true. But when you begin to really put the Word of God in and you begin to 
present yourself to Jesus mm -hmm. for him to remove the stuff out of you that is based on falsehood, then you begin to recognize the truth and you recognize the lie. And so that's what happened here with Jesus. Um, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand Jesus for saying such things. How many times, you know, ask yourself, how, how many times, Lord, have I reprimanded you because something wasn't going the way I thought it should go? Or I wanted finances and they weren't coming the way I thought. Or I wanted my healing and it wasn't coming the way I thought. Don't reprimand Jesus. Get on his word. That's Give him something to work with. Peter could have received, let me, let me show you how this works. Peter could have received the word that Jesus was saying about his future. That would have caused Peter to have a better and proper response in the Garden of Gethsemane and also would have caused him to not deny Jesus. See, when you deny what Jesus says to you, it'll bring you to the place that you will deny the power of Jesus to deliver you when the going gets tough. You don't want that. Mm. Peter had denied Jesus the, uh, the power to deliver him when he was faced with persecution and he denied Jesus. Of course, he straightened it out. Jesus knew it was going to happen. He said, listen, Peter, when you're changed, you'll strengthen the brethren. So don't be filled with shame today because we all have those places where we've missed it. But he works with us so that we will change and then we turn around and do what you and I are sitting here doing to help strengthen the brethren. We're not sitting here because we're perfect. We're sitting here because we've had these things happen in our lives where we missed it, but we learned. And we want to share those with yeah, you. Right. Let me just real quick here. He says, heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. This is quite a saga with Peter and of course one we're going to have to pick up tomorrow. But I would just recommend to you today, don't reprimand Jesus. Just be quiet, zip it and listen and he'll tell you something that you need to know today. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.